spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Afternoon, getting geared up for the weekend. Ohio State spring game coming up tomorrow. I've never been more jacked for a spring game in my life. Uh, I mean, look, uh, yesterday you could say the last Ohio State football game was just a few months ago, but it seems like it was more than a year ago because, well, we haven't been able to go watch any live Buckeye football games, and now hopefully some of you in the Miami Valley are heading to the shoe tomorrow. And if you have not got your tickets yet, don't worry. If you go to Vivid Seats, you can get uh, Section 22A, Row 1, for $119 each. Uh, let's see. You can go for as little as $165 each. How about these spring game ticket prices, man? Like, good for these guys who went and bought them cheap. You know, buy low, sell high. Good for you guys uh, as far as that goes. But, again, I'm excited. Again, cheerleaders, the band, there's going to be some fans. It's, it's going to feel, for a spring game, it's going to feel like a real football game tomorrow. I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm pumped about it for a lot of reasons. Uh, for one, yes, those reasons we just listed, just a somewhat sense of normalcy. But on the, uh, at the same token, it's one of those where, for the first time in a while, even though a couple of years ago, you know, Justin Fields comes in, we haven't seen him play, but we felt comfortable with who he was. We know the names involved in the quarterback situation for Ohio State, but we don't know, really know what to expect. We don't know what to expect for a lot of positions for the Buckeyes heading into this upcoming 2021 season. And uh, joining us now to give us more information on all of that, we got Austin Ward with Letterman Row hanging out with us. Austin, welcome in. How are you, man? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. So we got the cheerleaders tomorrow. You got the band. You got Brutus. I mean, it's like a, it's like an actual football game. Now, the question I have for you, do, do media get the perks of getting to go cover the game live, or do you have to buy the $165 tickets on Vivid Seats? Hey, uh, well, fortunately, I don't have to pay the $160 <laughs> on the secondary market. And honestly, you know, it doesn't surprise me that this fan base would have people willing to do that. But after such a long layoff, man, like, if you could get your hands on those first you know, 4,500, I think, were the only ones that went on sale for the general public. Wouldn't you want to go? I mean, last year, after not getting to be in the stands, I know scalpers have, uh, you know, tried to make some money, too. But come on, go to the game. I'm sure, I mean, to be to be fair, I'm sure they bought the tickets for them and their significant <laughs> others are friends, but they just bought 10, 15, <laughs> yeah. 20 extra. I don't know what the rules are as far as how many you could buy. But uh, before we get into the spring game tomorrow, I'm looking at this upcoming season. Austin, the last season's officially in the books. And I know Ohio State got to the championship game. And I'm not just saying this because they got blown out in the title game against Alabama. But when that game ended, I'm not saying even if Ohio State won, I would have felt this way. But it was just like a, a sense of relief that the season ended. I mean, I was so pumped that there even was one. But that was such an emotional, stressful, up-and-down season just for media and fans. I can't imagine what the players were going through. But what was your takeaway from this past season? Because at the end of the day, they still got to the title game. Uh, you know, they still had a ton of success. But, man, it just felt like no matter how many steps forward they took, there were steps being taken back because of COVID and everything else. It was just such a strange season the Buckeyes are coming off of. Yeah, strange is a good word for it. You know, when it was over, I just felt relief. Um, you know, it's it was so disjointed. It was so awkward. Normal playoff, like, you know, it, it was nice to have a little bit of time, you know, for the Sugar Bowl, like coming off the Big Ten title game, and it was it was like a, the normal flow of the season, and that felt like, okay, well, that's big time. But then you had the co more COVID issues. It never really went away from November through the middle of January for Ohio State, uh, and they had some all the way up until March, to be completely honest. 
So that part of it was like, uh, all right, I mean, they played eight, nine games. It's How much stock could you put in this no matter what? And I'm glad they played games. I'm glad that, um, you know, a lot of guys got to make their case for the draft and go through all that. And they, they, they all wanted to play. They made a bunch of sacrifices. So you felt good for them from that regard. And then, you know, I, you know, I wanted to see as much football as possible to, to feel normal. But, yeah, it was just, you know, it, it never felt fully right, especially when you're in a horseshoe that's completely empty or, you know, Berm and I drove up to, over to Illinois and no team ever arrived from Columbus. So that, that stuff was just, mm. I'm glad to be done with all that. Oh, you got all the way there. Before, yeah, I guess that would be right yeah. before the game was gone. <laughs> oh, man. Well, those memories, I mean, they <laughs> suck during it, but I mean, like 20 years from now, I mean, you're going to be getting questions from guys, like radio shows, like, hey, you know, remember that COVID season? You know, what was that like? I mean, it was such a unique season, that's for sure. Let me ask you this. The national title game, Austin, 28-point yeah. blowout, you know, Ohio State losing to Alabama. If Ohio State and Alabama played 10 straight times, is Alabama really 28 points better than Ohio State in every 10 of those? I mean, what was your takeaway from that game that had a lot of outside circumstances impacting uh, the quality of the game for the Buckeyes? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. If Trey Thurman gets hurt on the first play of every game, if, if Tyreek Smith and Tommy Togi, I miss every single one of them uh, for COVID, um, if the entire secondary mm-hmm. gets depleted, you know, you, you touched on it there. It was those factors, I think, that led to that score getting out of hand, and, you know, they... You know, they, they got punched in the mouth early, and, you know, I think, you know, give Master Teague a lot of credit for a couple of touchdowns, but Trey Sermon was a difference maker, and that changed things for the offense. And, you know, defensively, uh, it was going to be tough for them to keep up with. You know, even the guys who were playing, Sean Wade and Seven Banks at corner, were both doing so at less than 100%, and they didn't talk about that a lot during the season. Um, you know, safety being as depleted as it was, and Marcus Williamson having to play there. Um, you know, they, Ohio State was holding on for dear life in that game, and that's, something you couldn't do against one of the most talented teams in college football history, which I, I don't think that, I don't really have a problem saying that about that Alabama team. I would have loved to have seen them both at full strength. I would have loved to have seen uh, Chase Young, Jeff Fakuda, and J.K. Dobbins come back to the same way that a bunch of those Alabama guys did because that would have been an all-time battle. Um, you know, I think Ohio State, if they're fully healthy, could have, could have uh, given Alabama a good game and maybe won a couple of them because Justin Fields keeps you in just about any game in college football. But, you know, on that night, in those circumstances, what wound up happening there, I I don't think anyone could call that a huge surprise. You know, a hot button for me with the Buckeye team is always the linebackers. And last year's linebacker core was, it was all right. But now we got a bunch of guys that have names and stars in front of their names but really haven't produced on the field, like Dallas Gant. You got Jalen Johnson, Taraja Mitchell. You got a lot of guys that we been hearing about for years and they finally about to make an impact on the team what can you tell us about them yeah it's i mean that's a thin group and one reason why you're not seeing uh live tackling tomorrow in the spring game is that you know dallas gantt missed all spring with a foot injury uh you know they've they've had uh mitchell melton was hurt uh obviously you lose four seniors and then dallas gantt being the fifth leading tackler out of that group you know that's a lot to a lot to replace and and Taraja Mitchell's been banged up at times. So that's a, that's a group that uh, is hanging on right now. They're still actively trying to uh, bring in some help after spring in the transfer portal. Um, we'll see uh, exactly what winds up there after spring. But, you know, they need to get Gant healthy. They need some guys like, you know, Cody Simon to keep on his growth uh, curve there at one inside linebacker spot. He, he's looking really strong. You know, Craig Young, see what you, he does. He's been practicing a lot with the safeties, so he's kind of in that – 
bullet role. He's one of the most athletic guys on the team, hands down. Now, Tommy Eichenberg can play there in the middle. So, as you said, there's a lot of guys with those star rankings, but they, they've not played any real significant snaps other than Dallas Gant when, in that Michigan State game last year when, when COVID hit that unit. So there's a lot to prove. Even Dallas Gant, you know, if he's going to be uh, maybe a captain or anchoring that unit, he's got a lot to prove. These guys have been on campus for a long time and having to crack that lineup ahead of those veteran linebackers. So uh, if there's one group that you look at, no matter what happens tomorrow afternoon, because they, they, they're so thin, we'll be talking about that group you know, for the next three, four months as they try and reload there. What is the latest with the transfer portal? You know, we hear a lot of names out there like Henry Tutu from yeah. uh, Tennessee potentially coming to Ohio State or going back home to California to play with USC. What's the latest? I think um, I think Ohio State feels very good about their chances there. Um, I think it's going to, as, as a lot of these recruitments come down to, it's going to be Ohio State and Alabama. And, um, you know, I, I think that, the opportunity for playing time for him is appealing. Now Washington's been working, you know, hard. Uh, now that they can contact him in the transfer portal, um, you know, I'm not in the business of making predictions with uh, with what kids decide, but I know that they're if it's if it's 50 50, um, that's pretty. Ohio State wins a lot of those battles, and they have a lot to sell right now, uh, especially in terms of that depth chart. Another big hot button for me personally, and something we always see in college football is position changes. We got G. Scott potentially moving to tight end. We got Demario McCall potentially running, uh, going from running back to DB. Is that second cornerback spot really open next to Seven Banks, or is this just a depth chart situation? It's, a, it's re- that's really a depth chart situation. Demario McCall is playing some of that slot corner role. He he wouldn't he doesn't really have the physical, you know, size and strength to play on the outside. And, and by the time that the season rolls around, Cameron Brown will be healthy as well. So those will be. Cameron Brown and Seven Banks would be those top guys. And then, uh, you know, Ohio State's been looking at Lathan Ransom there in that slot corner as, as well. Uh, Ryan Watts has had a really strong uh, spring. He's 6'3", just have, has some pterodactyl long arms. And once he gets them on a, a receiver, he can win a lot of battles there at the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, right now they're dealing with injuries because of those, you know, your top two corners are out and you have Court Williams, who was a true freshman, who's probably going to start or play a key role for Ohio State. Uh, maybe in, at safety or in that bullet role last year. Um, you know, he's recovering from uh, an ACL injury at the start of camp last year. Um, so really, you know, for DeMario McCall, he came back for a sixth year, and it's it's never worked for him at running back, and Ohio State is extremely loaded at that position. They've got the best wide receiver core in the country. That's not a spot where he can contribute. So I think he wanted to find somewhere to help, and Ohio State needed that uh, this spring in the secondary. I don't know if it'll work, but it's certainly – uh, it was certainly worth a try. What can you tell us about uh, G. Scott flipping the tight end? Yes, uh, he. It's another situation where he he looks around uh, the depth at wide receiver and knows it's going to be hard for football to to come his way and get on the field a whole lot. So he's got a big frame. Um, you know, he's decided to work on his blocking. Came to the coaching staff about making that move. Uh, it's been a, a little bit uh, on on pause. He's been hurt. Uh, for much of camp, hasn't been able to go non-contact for the last couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, that's if you're looking at it, you have, uh, you know, Luke Farrell and, and Jake Hausman, two, two seniors that are gone, and, and just Jeremy Rucker leading that unit, and they had kind of a, you know, they got a converted defensive end and linebacker and Kate Stover, who's over there at tight end, and some young guys. You know, if you want to bulk up and, and still use some of that athleticism and ball skills, 
tight end could be a good spot for him. I think that's a that's a good move for his future. I think he could become an NFL tight end there, but you know, uh, I don't know that we're going to get a good glimpse of what that looks like tomorrow. He needs to get get healthier in this uh, off season, but I think that that's a move that's got a lot of people excited at Ohio State. We have Austin Ward from Letterman Row hanging out with us here. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash, presented by Kirkland and Summers and Orion Sports Medicine here on a Friday. Ohio State spring game tomorrow at noon kickoff, 1145. The pregame starts, so you can catch it right here on Dayton, some of the Buckeyes, 1410, Wing AM. Uh, Austin, it's been a few years. I mean, I think since the Haskins-Burrow quarterback battle during the spring game a few years ago, outside of that, I mean, uh, outside of, you know, there's been some quarterback battles, some entertaining ones, uh, storylines, I should say, coming in. You know, go back to the Cardale, uh, you know, JT and then Braxton in the mix as well and all that. We've always been entertained during this point of the season coming in, but right now we know the talent's there, but the difference is, is we really haven't seen enough of any of these guys to really know what to expect. It's not like we had that little that, remember that Haskins game against Michigan where we had that to go right. off of, to base it off of. We don't really have that with the Jack Miller and the C.J. Stroud who made spot appearances last year, but not in as many games as we thought. What can you tell us about what this quarterback battle is going to look like? And is it a battle at this point, or is it C.J. Stroud job to lose well I, I would I would almost say both and I don't mean to hedge that way I think <laughs> if CJ Stroud came into camp with the lead and nothing that's happened over 14 practices uh, you know going in tomorrow to tomorrow I think has done anything to change that um, you know you look back you reference last season and I'm not getting to play that much when it mattered in key games late in the year and then when Justin Fields went to the sideline it was CJ Stroud that was going in and that's you know, you don't flip a coin in that circumstance in the Sugar Bowl. You're putting the guy out there who you think gives you the best chance to win if you're Ohio State. So, uh, I, you know, it's not quite the same as when Dwayne Haskins went in and, and salvaged the game and led that comeback. But um, it's a clear sign of, of where maybe you know Ryan Day and Corey Dennis and Kevin Wilson are thinking about that. He's, you know, he is a, a polished, pretty polished kid from even coming out of high school. Confident, uh, a lot of the way that teammates respond to him. Uh, you can tell that he's got some of that locker room swagger that carries, you know, uh, carries some sway with the team. And, you know, all three of them, though, are very talented. The reason I said it, you know, it's not a done deal just because C.J. Stroud is leading. You know, Jack Miller still has time. Kyle McCord is still learning. And those are three, I mean, that's, what, 14 recruiting stars between three guys. So they obviously all have the physical tools to get it done. And none of them have thrown a college football pass still. So that's... You know, you, you don't want to call it too early. Ryan Day won't. I will take this almost certainly into August. We'll be talking about it all summer. You know, and I'm glad you brought up Kyle McCord as well. And then uh, I, I always think I'm mispronouncing this kid's name for next year. But the Ewers, is it Ewers, the quarterback? Yeah, from from, Ewers, yep. uh, so with him, I'm like, man, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of depth at quarterback this year. And then you add the number one quarterback coming in next year. And again, you always want to get those quarterbacks in every class. But there's a Joe Burrow, hopefully whatever quarterback does transfer out of this group is not the Joe Burrow of the group that goes on to win a Heisman in the national championship <laughs> somewhere. But uh, I mean, that that's this is going to be fun over the coming years. This is a good problem to have. I know it does, doesn't sound good saying that one of these guys is going to transfer out at some point, but this is a good problem to have. Uh, Ryan Day just stacking up talent at quarterback right now where that's you know something pretty refreshing, especially the style in which these quarterbacks play. Well, it's, it's the way of the world, man. It's, uh, you don't, I've asked you know the coaching staff about this in the past. Like, Should you try and recruit somebody who you know could be a backup and stay free for four or five years? Well, what happens if your starter gets hurt? But wouldn't you rather have a you know, four or five star or a bunch of them who are signing up year after year for that shot and wait. Like, that's that's sort of the way you have to approach it. You have to recruit the best players available. 
Um, and as long as they enjoy being in your culture, as long as they feel like they're being developed, um, you know, they'll, they'll stick around. You hope that you can get them for two or three years. Um, and then if they, if they need to move on, like Joe Burrow did, who, who waited his time, he got, you know, I think back to uh, covering that Heisman ceremony back before the world changed when he won. And, you know, one of the first people that he talked about and thanked when I was there around him at his press conference, Mariotti and Ryan Day for some of the work that they did bringing him along. Um, I, I think that that's one of the best recruiting pitches that Ohio State can have, even when it is a player who leaves the program. Um, you know, you hope if you're if you're Ryan Day that you can get that. But if not, like you said, you have the number one recruit in, in the next class coming in. They're going to be in the mix for another four or five star quarterback the year after that. Uh, that's that's the only way you can approach it. It just doesn't. If you need to maybe find a backup at some point, a veteran out of the transfer portal, you know, fine. We'll get to that whenever that happens. They've done that in, in years past. But until then, you attack recruiting every year and you try and get the best possible player available because that makes your roster stronger in the short term and it break, makes the, the competition better every year at the most important spot on the field. You brought up Joe Burrow. It's like I always joke with Kev. Some Buckeye fans get annoyed with me for say, but once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye, unless you're <laughs> Tate Martell. Uh, and <laughs> Well, he's, he's a once a once a lot of school. Yeah, <laughs> he's a man of many. Uh, he gets he has a lot of hats. Kev, you got one more? Yeah, I got one more quick question for you. Obviously, we were yeah. spoiled with the Bosa brothers and Chase Young, mm-hmm. and then we saw Tariq Smith uh, actually from my high school, Cleveland Heights High School, go Tigers. Uh, he had a breakout <laughs> game uh, versus Clemson, everything like that. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to play in the national championship game. You know, right. the low hanger fruit out there for all us fans and the number that we see is sacks. And we're not seeing a lot of sacks out of Zach Harrison. So is this going to be yep. a breakout year for him? Browns fans, they, they don't, they're impressed with guys who don't get sacks, apparently. So, you know, maybe it's one of those situations. But anyways, back to Austin. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a different conversation. I'll stick with these guys down here. Uh, you know, everybody has, has talked about the offseason that Zach Harrison had. And, um, and I think back to when he first arrived on campus and some conversations I had with Mickey Marotti to bring him up again. He's like, this kid wouldn't talk during his recruitment. I didn't know if he was a fit for Ohio State. You know, you, you fast forward two years and two years of physical development and, and reps and weight room, and, and he is he's talking. He's a leader. Uh, he's he, he is as gifted physically as you could ever hope to have. And sometimes, you know, I've seen this before. You brought up the Bosa brothers. You know, they're rare specimens, but it doesn't always happen in year one. Right. Sometimes it takes middle of the year. You know, Chase Young. I mean, people ask some of that after his sophomore year. He like, why why couldn't you handle the double teams? <laughs> you know, he had bad ankles. Like, it, year three was when he became Chase Young and, right. and a hall, you know, hall of fame kind of guy. So, I, I'm not saying that Zach Harrison is going to be Chase Young this year, but uh, I think it's certainly fair, uh, and the signs are there that he's going to make a big leap here in year three. You you bet on Larry Johnson more than you wouldn't. All right, good stuff. At A Ward Sports, A W A R D Sports on Twitter. Give Austin Ward a follow right now for all the latest up to date information on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Does a fantastic job. Austin, we always appreciate catching up with you. Uh, Justin Fields, is he going to the San Francisco 49ers at number three? There was so much more to get with you, but we're out of time. But give us a quick <laughs> response right there. They're making a huge mistake if they don't take him. I don't get what's going on there. I don't get what's going on, man. It's it's very confusing. But uh, they like fat quarterbacks in San Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Hey, Austin, thanks so much, man. Take care. All right, see you, boys.
All right, good stuff. That's Austin Ward with Letterman Row. Always appreciate him hopping on and giving us a little time. Uh, but yeah, the spring game tomorrow, noon kickoff, 11.45 the pregame. You can catch it right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. C.J. Stroud, Jack Miller, Kyle McCord. Uh, you got the Ewers kid, the number one quarterback in next year's class coming in. And uh, any of these guys, like Jack Miller would start for any, I mean, Harbaugh would kill to get Jack Miller or Kyle McCord. These other two quarterbacks, if it's C.J. Stroud as the guy, these other two would start for any Big Ten team right now. By the way, did you notice Rutgers top ten recruiting class? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. About damn time. Yeah, and, you I mean, know how sad is it that Rutgers is going to surpass Michigan here? That's how pathetic Michigan has become, and that's that's sad. That's you got to think about up. it like this, man. Good for them, by the way. Ohio State goes up to New Jersey and New York and steals their best talent. Penn State does the same thing. Alabama does the same thing. Like, New Jersey, New York, they produce good football players, but nobody goes to Rutgers ever. Like, they had that, what, like that two-year spurt that they were good back in the Big East days with, you know, Ray Rice and everything like that. And I remember, like, a big game they won on the field goal, and they were, like, ranked in the top five and everything like that. But ever since then, nothing. I mean, you got to think about it. Todd Gurley. He's from New Jersey. You know what I'm saying? He went down to Georgia. Uh... Um, there's another running back there from Georgia that, that's from up that way. And they always disperse everywhere else besides Rutgers. So, you know, if they're going to be top 10, looks like they're going to be getting some talent to stay at home. Hopefully not. Hopefully they continue to come to Ohio State, though. I, well, I just want more games. Like, I'm I'm at the point now where people are like, oh, I can't wait to get to the conference. I, the conference schedule is about as bad as the non-conference half the time. And that's not Ohio State's fault. No team out there loads up the non-conference. Ohio State, I hate when people say that they don't play anybody. I know I poke fun at the Miami of Ohio's of the world that they put on, but there's not one team out there that faces one tough opponent after the other in the non-conference. Ohio State has never shied away from putting big opponents on their schedule, whether it is Oregon, whether it is Texas, whether it's Notre Dame. they got Alabama here in a few years. They have never shied Oklahoma years ago. They've never shied away from that. Um, but the Big Ten, like, you should get into the Big Ten and fear more games than you don't, and that's not the case. And I think that that's, that's not Ohio State state's fault it's not even their problem because they're so damn right. good that they get the benefit of the doubt but man like they do need the big 10 to be better because you know what alabama always has going for them they have the, the escape they have the uh the blanket of well if we lose in the sec it's well it's the sec <laughs> so uh, you know a, a loss to an sec opponent alabama might get a little bit more forgiveness than right. ohio state losing to purdue right. or when ohio state lost to iowa no, Iowa's not a terrible program, but Iowa, the committee wasn't going to give Iowa the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, that's a really good football team. So they, Ohio State got punished for that. Alabama gets the comfort of knowing that they could slip up an SEC play and get the benefit of the doubt. Ohio State does not have that. That's where I get concerned with the Big Ten. They need to pick it up, and it needs to be the powers that be that pick it up, being Michigan. It's ridiculous and embarrassing. You see they had a spring game last week? Oh, no, you didn't. Uh, because nobody <laughs> I read about it. And they had a big uh, commit, decommit today. I guess one of, their, uh, one of their star wide receivers decommitted or whatever. I mean, it's... I don't know what they did. They literally re-upped him. I know they gave he had to take less money, but, I mean, my goodness, he should have gone to the NFL, and they should have sent him there. <laughs> Good stuff from Austin Ward. We'll be back in a moment. Go Bucks. Listen, stream, watch. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash right here on Dayton 